This is Get Unstuck Radio, episode 16. Balloon and Event Rental Business, Fiesta Ottawa with Susanna DeVere. Welcome to Get Unstuck Radio, the place to brainstorm with you on business and life strategy. To get unstuck with system automation and delegation. And also to get clarity for sustainable business and lifestyle. I'm your host, Mukita Panmo. Let's get unstuck. Hi, everyone. So today, let me welcome my lovely guest here, Susan DeVere. Am I saying your name correct? Yes, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> From Festa Ottawa. So she's amazing. I mean, the offline, we just talk about how she become who she is today. And today, I will let you guys understand more about her business owner journey. So tell us more a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, um, I, I went went back into business uh, basically in my late 30s and I bought into a franchise with a business partner. It was a whirlwind of a ride. It's been good. It was very good buying into the franchise and uh, the, we built our business, we built our store and we bought it in 2011 and in 2014 we started to buy our second store from the franchisor and uh, that was going all great and then by the end of that year uh, we actually amalgamated that second store we bought with two other locations that uh, were ceasing to exist because those franchisees decided to leave the company mm-hmm. and that left unfortunately the the head office with two more stores to manage and they're not in a position to manage stores as they're building the business to put more franchises out there so we we partnered with them for over a year and that didn't end up working out which was a shame uh, However, it didn't work out. We parted ways. It's all fine because we still work together. We still each have a business. But having said that, we we did leave the company, but we stayed open. We just rebranded to a new name. Now, I know that sounds odd or unusual because usually there is a non-compete clause and, and that is definitely exists as a franchisee. However, because we were for we were partners for over a year that non-complete wasn't in our partnership agreement. So we were able to rebrand rename. However, it came with a struggle because we had three days to do it, which means three days for a new name, three days for a new website, three days for a new payment gateway, three names for signage, stationery. Oh my gosh. And you name it. Three oh days. Gosh. Okay. Yes. So sleeping was not in the cards that week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And yes. how, but you made it. We made it. It was uh, two years of suffering, to be honest. <laughs> two years of suffering because, you know, being you're in event rentals, you're in an event rental industry here where we are in the winter there's not really many events it's cold it's nasty outside nobody's having Mm. a party outside so business is almost non-existent january through end of april and the 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 changeover was april 1st so but what we do have happening in the winter is is that we do a lot of consultations in the first three to four months of the year for weddings that summer so the brides-to-be or the couples-to-be, they come in, they check out our plates, our chairs, our linen colors, our napkin colors, our different linen fabric styles, etc. They come in for that. So the money that does come in is the deposits. So there's a lot of weddings that will pay their deposit before April 1 
And of course, when we left the franchise, that deposit went with the other company. Mm. So we still had to fulfill all their contracts throughout the next 12 months because they did business at our location. Mm. So we lost 50% of the rental or 100% of the rental that we were putting out, depending on the contract. Most of them was just 50%. Plus we didn't have the rentals available to rent to people that were going to pay full price. So that was very costly on top of the rebranding costs. So year two was better. Year three was better again. And then now we're in year four. Yeah, we are starting year four now, next month. And from year one to year three, we are up quick percent here. We're up probably 60 to 80, 60s. No, probably around 70% in gross wow. revenue. Wow. In gross okay. revenue. That doesn't mean profit, but that's gross revenue. At least, yeah. Yes. I mean, but it's up. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a very good. It's the numbers are looking really good. They're honestly, we cannot complain. We've worked hard for it, and hopefully now we can reap the, the benefit and the rewards in the coming years. Yeah, you will. I mean, I know this time of the year is not a good time for those who have store and they like overhead and so on. Right. Yeah. Before we go into that, um, for those who thinking about buying a franchise as be, to become a franchisee. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's definitely a benefit to purchasing a franchise for sure. I mean, if you're new to business, it's a great way to get introduced really quickly because typically as a franchisee, you have a laid out plan or a laid out track that you're following to get your store or your business operational and into a profitable position. That is typically the reason why you're paying the franchise fee and the monthly costs associated with it, because they typically take a percent per month of, of your sales. The percent will vary depending on the company. Now, if you are an experienced business owner and you want to start a small business and, and grow it organically or you know, more aggressively, then maybe a franchise may not be the best way to go because you, you have already a lot of knowledge that you can implement and you'll be implementing it much quicker. And without being part of a franchise, you have a lot more options. You have more freedom, but you also have more options to fail or opportunity to fail because you don't have anybody guiding you. Yes. So it's, it's, it's a decision that needs to be made up front. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because like at the time that I started franchise and there are many information that I have to provide them. Like yes. totally like once you get this manual, you can just get started right away and we will hold your hand along the way. Mm -hmm. And that's how it works. But I understand because once the franchisee have different return of the market, then the franchise owner, that would be the crash that's happening, right? And that's also happened to your experience as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, in our situation, our store as a franchisee, we were doing fine financially. Um, unfortunately, you know, not everybody was doing that great. So a few people decided to exit, um, that there's just a franchise ship wasn't working for them. And okay, that's fine. They've done their term and they chose to exit at that time. Now that just meant that 
you know, there was more stores available, but we can't buy four stores in total. We cannot buy three stores in one year. There's just not enough money when you're only open three years yourself. It's just not possible. So we ended up partnering with the franchisor for our city here. And we took the two franchisees that left stores and our, the store that we just started buying like seven, eight months before, we put those three stores under one roof to amalgamate. And that, that worked well for a while, but after a year, um, I was at my original location and my business partner was at the other one running the bigger one. It just, it didn't work anymore. So we just decided, okay, it's not working. I'm not happy. It's either I exit completely or my partner and I exit the partnership. So it was a decision that came up quick. We had to, we, we exited, we had to exit and we did that and it was done. So we, we got all that paperwork done, no problems. And then now we are friends in the industry, let's say, because, you know, Ottawa is 1 million people. It's not a massive city. Uh, they're a great resource for us and we are a great resource for them because we've have the same inventory. If I'm short on chairs or I'm short on dishes or particular glasses, they have the same inventory. Mm. So I can sub rent from them and they can sub rent from me. It's, you know what I mean? So it makes a, it, it broadens or it opens up the volume of inventory that I can actually feature to my clients and they can do the same because there's products we have that they don't have, mm -hmm. especially now that we've been separate entities for four years, next month will be four years. There's certain products that we've expanded into that we would not have been able to if we were still a franchisee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's you right. See? Right. Yeah. Right. So, and to just add to that a little bit was when we bought the franchise, it was a retail party store and event rentals. So the retail side consisted of all the plates, napkins, and all the stuff that goes with that for birthdays, anniversaries, weddings. And it also had an entire balloon, helium balloons, balloon bouquet, balloon arches, balloon garlands, and all those creations. That was the retail side. And the other side was the rentals. And in 2016, when we flipped to our new name, we 100% dropped retail. Mm. So the only thing left we have is balloons because you, you still got to get it inflated locally because you cannot really buy a helium balloon online. You yeah. still got to get helium somewhere. So, yeah. So when we flipped over, we got rid of 100% of our retail. We kept our balloons and focused on that. And I focused more on larger displays, larger, larger creations uh, versus just, you know, birthday bouquets for, for birthdays for kids. You know, I do more corporate jobs, larger sculptures, etc. Uh-huh. So, and what about the event rental? Are you still doing that? Event rentals is very strong. That's our really, honestly, that's our primary portion of the business. I would say that's probably 80 to 90% is, is going to be the rentals. Because if you ask me when I think about this event rental, for example, like if they're going to have any conference or meeting in the hotel, you know, they mm -hmm. already have in-house the, yes. how do yes. you call this, this department? I don't know how to call it. 
Oh, it's, we support venues ah. with, if certain venues, let's say a community center, like a hotel may have options. A community center has these chairs, these tables. Sometimes what we have is we have clients that say, okay, well, the community center that we've rented has rectangle tables, but I don't mm -hmm. want rectangle tables. I want round tables for my guests. They'll rent the round tables with the linen to go on it. Mm -hmm. Because if the venue doesn't have round tables, they're not going to have the round linen either. And if they have chairs there, which is great, they like them, they use them. If they don't like them, they either cover them with a chair cover or they're renting chairs that they do like. So a hotel will probably offer that. We do less with hotels than we do with other venues, um, to be honest. Like the only thing that we really send to hotels is colored accent pieces of linen or colored chair sashes because they won't have it. Mm -hmm. They have the standard white, black, or ivory, but they want, let's say they want a silver overlay. Well, the hotel may not have that. So mm -hmm. they'll source that from us or the chair sash or the chair bow or the chair band, something like that. They'll source that from us. And the other thing hotels, not all of them have, is they have the, the backdrop, the pipe and drape, mm -hmm. they call it, what they use for trade shows. We also have that frame, but we buy really nice sequin drapes to go on them so you can create a nice sequin wall and it looks really beautiful behind a head table a hotel won't have that mm -hmm. of course because that. your expertise like is your yes. specialist here so they have yeah. to outsource to you anyway that's yeah. right yeah exactly and what you just mentioned is that for example the round table with the loud the round linen cover so you just like find a problem and then the solution that leads that's to right. the next problem and then you yes. have the next solution for them and, and that's venue. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. in everything because you are the hub right and you have inventory uh, based yeah. there yes. so you have to like be the hub that okay if you want this i have this and i give this to you as well because right. i know you don't get that exactly and and as a business owner we work a lot with the brides directly. They're the DIY brides, which is mm. great. They come in, they rent, and they take it away, and they bring it back. Or they pay for delivery, whichever. That, I mean, it depends on what they're getting, right? If they're just getting bag of linen, they come in and pick it up. Now, we work with venues as well. There are tons of venues assessed more and more in the last two years. There's been a lot of them cropping up with a more rustic feel or a more urban look. And they don't have necessarily a lot to offer. So what we've done is we've set up the venues with an account with us. They still pay prior to the event because we don't, we don't offer credit to anybody. We've never done that. And I don't plan to do that, but we offer it to them with a discount, like a volume discount. So they offer our product to their client that they're renting the venue to at the same price that I'm having it listed on my website. And then we'll give, and they get the quote from us. They quote it out to them. And then they um, get the discount. So they are basically getting a commission for using our product. Mm -hmm. And what, I've, what I do for certain caterers is exactly that. I will meet with the caterer's clients on their behalf and show them the linen samples and all that. But the quoting goes to the caterer always, and they get the quote from their caterer. Mm, yeah. So we have a very good relationship that way, and that's worked very well. But you need that one-on-one -on -one with the other business owner or the other business contact, the point person. 
Yeah, but that's like how to say because I think this industry is very detailed mm-hmm. and it's very like personalized. Yes. Right? So it totally depends on what clients want, what customer want, and it's very bespoke to them. Yeah, it's, it's important that you have that open communication. It's important uh, for the most part that you actually meet with them in your showroom or you meet with them at their location uh, to, just to see their venue. Some venues are, are very tricky if they want to you know, do certain types of draping. You need to go see the facility. I mean, you can't just, here's a few photos and hope for the best because on the wedding day, that's not really the moment to find out it doesn't work. <laughs> oh yeah, that's important day. Like that's the biggest day ever. Exactly. So it's the same with chair covers. They come in, they borrow at no cost. They go try it on and then they bring it back. Mm. You just send them with a, a package of here's four or five different styles of chair covers. See which one works best on your chair. See which one you like best bring it back and we'll, then we'll be able to book you. I don't book them without them trying. Mm-hmm. I don't want a problem on the day of. The day yeah, of, of I have almost no opportunity to fix anything. <laughs> yeah, you wish them for the best, right? You want like to yes. the best day for them. Exactly. So no, better planning is, is always good. So as we talk so far, I can see that you always go for the strategy first, like you see the, structure and the system and then you make decision accordingly correct because it changes yeah i mean i really like that way of doing business because for me i like to get clarity rather Mm -hmm. than take action first without knowing where which direction i'm going forward Mm -hmm. oh it's it's certainly a lot help more helpful you know yeah Mm -hmm. because i've I've learned that the hard way That's okay. Certain things we just have to learn the hard way. Yeah, because if you, if you ask me to compare with the franchise part, you not really know how many steps the franchisor are ahead of you. And no. there is no flexibility for your, from your side. No. Yeah, and that's how when you um, exit that and have more freedom of mm-hmm. making decisions by yourself, as you mentioned, then... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's amazing. I, I miss the day that I like travel out to see my customer and then like get to talk mm-hmm. to them on daily basis as well. Like you remind me from the memory, a good memory mm-hmm. back in Thailand somehow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I couldn't go there right now. <laughs> no, you have to stay where you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's say, so for the retail and also the even rental like this, what are the challenge, the main challenge, in case anyone also thinking that, hey, we could be the hub, we could own the inventory and let them rent from us. Or the perspective of those who don't want to own anything and we want to outsource everything. Right. So yeah, there was actually the, another business model that we did entertain was that we have a centralized warehouse with the showroom and the balloon center. And the concept was to have sales centers in the other portions of the city, let's say East and West in Ottawa. We can't go North because then we're in Quebec. So we've left our province to have the sales center. They would be small, you know, under thousand square feet, let's say, and they would offer the balloons 
you'd have to train them completely on balloon sales and on how to work with clients coming into the showroom to show them the linen and you know how all that works the dishes the chairs and all that as well as tenting because we, we do rent a lot of big party tents right that comes mm -hmm. with all education and knowledge the things that you need to know to to sell them what they really need and not what you think they may need so with that i don't know how to best explain that i think i think with the with the franchise with with having the clarity with the franchise that is amazing at the start because when you go into business already and you're new it's already like sucking information from a fire hose so the clarity that the franchisor provides to the franchisee is fabulous in the beginning now and if you like the model and the franchisor is great and all that works out really well fabulous it, it, it can't go really any better but if you're an experienced person you want to come in on the other side and say no i already have business experience i kind of already have a feel for the industry or whatever no problem you know if i was to turn back the clock now with the knowledge that i have i, I probably won't buy into a franchise in the event rentals because i have enough knowledge of my own to recreate or to to at least start start up another store to have the centralized hub for the rentals is really where we were headed. To have, you know, the delivery trucks leave from one hub and deliver out throughout the city. Having individual stores with individual inventory, we already know that that somewhat works. It's not ideal because when we were franchisees throughout the city, we were every Thursday and Tuesday, we had trucks going between each of our locations to return or pick up inventory that we were short. We had to go return it to the other store. So if you have inventory at all those locations, you have to still send the truck around to get the right product to each location. Mm. So this is where the whole concept was. If a customer is picking up, the pickup is at the centralized warehouse. The deliveries all go from the centralized warehouse out no matter which location has sold it so if let's say if my east location sells it it's the same it comes from our warehouse if they're offering balloons it's done at that location because typically the rentals get delivered friday if the event is saturday or sunday but then they want the balloons later because they don't want them yet they want to go pick them up on saturday afternoon because their event's sunday no problem that can be done that we have that flexibility Mm -hmm. And I think that was that concept work, works quite well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just compare. So for anyone who just listened this on the podcast, you have to imagine that um, what Susanna just mentioned is combined between operation plan and logistic plan mm -hmm. to make things work in the operation side of the business. And it's very important, especially if you have the shop or like inventory or the hub or something in real life and you have to work with your clients offline like this right. so one another thing that you might want to concern is the overhead cost right that's make many people leave those ideas of like the ideal business owner like you are you know to right. become the online business owner let's say right yeah so of course for rental inventory the 
financial outlay is, is quite big if you want to offer a lot. Now, if you're starting out, you would start off with key items, the things mm. that rent the most. So let's say you want to start with tables, with chairs. These are easy items because they don't break easy. Mm. But, you know, on average, if you're starting out, you want to think about it's our overall calculation is on average, seven rentals should pay for the product. That is not true for 100% of the items, but it's average. Certain will be less, some will be more. But you, got, you have to look at your own city's market, your own city's price point of other, your competition. You have to look at a bunch of factors. It's not just, well, this is the number we've got and we're going with it. It doesn't work like that. You need to know your market. For retail, the outlay can be extensive, but I think for if you're doing just for balloons, it's significantly less because you don't need to buy a ton of it. I think my retail in my store for balloons, if I was to repurchase 100% all in one shot, it would be between twelve to $15,000 mm -hmm. in Canadian to buy the product. That's not to outfit the store. Okay. So, but... I have a lot of inventory now because I've been around for a while. Would I have to have that much inventory to open? Absolutely not. Mm. You don't. Because if you're starting off offering just balloons for birthdays and anniversaries and helium bouquets, let's say, I'm pretty sure you could open with product with probably a lot less than that. And tons of stuff can be shipped in a short period of time. So in the beginning, you can get multicolored bags of balloons. Instead of buying one color per bag, you buy the multicolored bag just so that you have something. For birthday balloons, you buy a couple of patterns, but a multicolored bag so that you have more options to offer your clients. That's how you can get started. As you grow, you want to have a bin of every single solid color in the, in the regular mat, let's say, and in the pearl finish. And then you want some chrome balloons. These all add to your inventory. But once you know what your customers want, it's worth buying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when you, know. you turn around, you sell your balloon. Let's say you, buy, you sell your helium balloon for $2, but you spend $20 on a bag of 100 Now you still have to factor in your high float and your helium. And of course, the labor and your overhead, meaning your space and your heat hydro and lights and all that. Outfitting your store, it, again, it doesn't need to be expensive. It doesn't. I mean, slat wall solves a lot of your problems because the, the foil balloons, they can all go on a slat wall on a little peg and they make plastic pegs now. And I think it's like a 30 bucks for a hundred. Mm -hmm. So for 60 bucks, you probably have more than enough selection for mylars <laughs> or foil balloons to offer. And then you just find a way to house your, uh, your latex balloons. I mean, we use balloon bins ourselves. There's six bins to a panel. It's not the cheapest way, but that's what we went with because that's what our franchisor had already put in place. So we still have those bins. And it made sense to keep them because why be out another expense? Again, it's looking in your area. If you can find something locally, probably save a ton of money than ordering it, you know? Yeah, shipping is very painful. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, especially like, I don't know, you are, why is the manufacturer that you import or like 
is local based. I don't know about that. It's it's in the same province. It's not in my city. That's great. At least that you yeah. didn't import from China or something. No. Because no. that would be crazy. Yes. At the time that I checked the market research to compare between would should we order it from China or should we get the local Thailand just manufacture it? Mm-hmm. It's just small difference. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a little bit more expensive, but like we can do it a lot fewer. How to say mm-hmm. the? You don't have to buy as many. Yeah, minimum requirement. Yeah, I, I forgot mm-hmm. the situation, yeah. but yeah, that's what I mean. And it's just handy, you know, just one call away. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and that makes a difference. I mean, being that our supplier is in the same province as us. Granted, if I was to drive there, it's a seven-hour drive. I'm not doing that. But typically, I can get things overnight if I have to and pay for it. <laughs> yeah, at least, right? But that's, if I have to, it's urgency, then it happens. But usually, you know, you order once a week. You order what you need for the week, and even today, we order. We do tons of special orders. We the mm. volume of choice out there is crazy. So. <laughs> You're never going to carry all the themes and the people that we know, uh, the, the people that we know come in, will come in two, three weeks ahead of time and say, okay, my kid's having a birthday. This is the theme and this is what I want. They'll come. We look through our catalogs. We order what they want and we have it ready for them at their designated time and pick up, day and pick up, you know? So you can still offer everything. It's just, you need to educate. Big thing is educating your customers. Your regulars need to be educated that yes, we can get it. You have a theme come in a week or two ahead. We will bring it in for you. Other than that, I carry generic birthday. You know what I mean? Do I have the occasional theme? Yeah. Because when I order it for somebody else, I'll order two or three extra and I'll have it. But do I specifically order a name like a, themes like specifically Disney? No, I don't because they don't sell for very long. The the Mm -hmm. lifespan is very short. Of course. Yeah. That makes sense. The movies come out fast day today. (laughs) Yeah. The frozen time, I believe like everyone wants frozen, right? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now nobody wants it. (laughs) Yeah. This is gone. Yeah. It's it's a trend. It's seasonal, right? That's how they call it. Seasonal. Um, Yeah, and you know, actually my mom, I don't know if she still wants it or not, but like she always say that she wants to own a gift shop or something because every day is someone's birthday. Like, yes. like what you do. And that's amazing, actually. Like you have to have birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. either big or small, but at least you should have a balloon because yeah. no one not smile without balloons on the day like once when the birthday owner see the balloon that's it like this is my birthday exactly better than a cake for me actually not for me too because i don't like cake (laughs) (laughs) i don't care about the cake or the pie or whatever because i don't eat it i can't have it so i'm good with the balloons (laughs) so do you like balloons or what is the reason why you choose balloons then well, the, the balloons honestly came part of the, the package of buying the franchise. Now, at the beginning, I was super afraid of balloons. Mm-hmm. So I've had to overcome that fear. Uh, it's, for me, it was very intimidating to put two balloons on an automatic inflator that quits by itself that you hope the balloons don't pop 
Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was yeah, yeah. very terrifying for me because I, I was always afraid of balloons. But you know what? After all this time, yeah, do I still jump when it one pops? Absolutely. But I'm not afraid anymore. And of course, over the years, manipulating balloons, learning how to work with them, you, have, you get over it. You get used to it. You know, anything, sometimes certain things that are new are terrifying. But the more you work with them, the more you do them the easier it becomes and the fear kind of dissipates, you know? You know, one of the things that I quite agree, so this is how I do my business currently. I educate my clients by the idea of about to make franchise somehow. Mm-hmm. So I, I would draft everything from scratch and I would make the, the system so that everyone would get the same standard and they can duplicate further from what I want. Mm-hmm. And that is the best thing that I learned from used to do the franchise thing and so on. Right. That you can adapt further because you couldn't deny how important the operation plan is in the business, either small or big. Critical. Yeah. And talking about you, you have like this big company. Um, how many employees working with you right now we have there's two of us owners so we both still work in the business we have a dedicated person for our linen and warehouse we have also a driver we have someone that is uh, dedicated to washing our dishes and glasses and cutlery and then we have a rotation of staff in the front of the house meaning our retail side that answer the phone the emails meet with clients uh, for consultations. If it's, if it's a, usually if it's a wedding, I, I tend to do them myself because the, the staff in the front, most of them are university students. So their heart's not in it for the consultation. The heart is in it to come to work, answer some emails, blow up some balloons and go home. Okay. You know what I mean? Their, their, yeah. their passion is not in event rentals. Their passion is not that their passion is the paycheck. I get it. They're university students. They're studying something else. But we still need staff. We still need happy people to work in our store. We, we try to promote, you know, the university students to, to work with us so that they have an income. We're close to a university. Mm. So that certainly promotes that. And a lot of the housing in that, the area where the store is, is overflow from the university is in that area. So typically that's what we end up hiring is university students or college students. And then they stick with us. You know, some of them are with us five, six years. And then till they finish their study, their master's or whatever, and they go on to their chosen field. You know, you have to let them go. They have to grow too. <laughs> no, but that's great. I mean, you see yeah. the progression, right? And yes, they, I do. they grow with you. Yes. That's, that's the amazing things ever when you see someone from the start until yes. they become the person who they want to be at the end. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that for me is really nice to see, you know, what we've had a few, few now that we've been with us like four or five years. And it's nice to see the progression. It's nice to see how green they were coming in, how they learned to handle the different situations and how they handle it now from when they did it, when they first came in, you're like, Oh, you really, you said that. Oh, okay. Okay. Now it's okay. Now she knows what to say, or he knows what to say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's training. It takes time. Talking about training, 
many people, how do you decide that this is the right hiring for you? Yeah, sometimes that's still a mystery. <laughs> sometimes that's still a mystery. Sometimes they interview so well, but they perform so poorly. <laughs> so it's basically, you know, we try to hire slow and fire fast. You know, that philosophy. We, what we oh, mean, I agree. <laughs> yes. So we, what, we, what we usually do, or we started to do about 18 months ago, we ask people to come in on a Saturday for the day to see, or on a Friday for the day to see the business in operation, to see the pace, to see what's, what the people in the front are expected to do or whatever position they're going to be working in. It's usually the people in the front, what, what they're expected to do if it's for them, because it's not for everybody. It isn't for everybody because there are moments in our store where the person in the front might be the only person there, especially between five and 7 PM. You're it. The person in the front is it. And if somebody's picking up, you know, five tables and 20 chairs or whatever it is, you do need to, you know, give them a hand by giving them their product. Whether you're a guy or a girl, you've got to go do the job. So if somebody's coming in in stiletto heels, that may not be the right fit. You know, you, you need mm -hmm. to come in with a sensible attire to be able to do both sides. You've got to look good for the front, but you've got to be functional for the back. Even though you're not there often, you may end up being there for half an hour a day. Yeah, you have to know the operation right. of a business as a whole. Right. Picture. Yeah, and exactly. Especially this type of industry that you have to work with smile. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's very important, like I'm Thai, yes. right? So everyone's know about Thai customer service and we are very pleased like for, it, for everything. Yes. Um, even me, I also very picky when I go to any store and they're not talking nicely to me, I walk yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, I'm done. See ya. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> and yeah, it's very important and especially for the events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah, I interviewed one of the guests the other day. She mentioned about the feedback that your customer gave to you. Mm -hmm. How would you um, reflect that feedback and tell your team about that and how you improve from the feedback that you get? All the feedback that we do get, we, we do let all the staff read that. Today, though, a lot of it is right away on Google, so everybody can read it instantly anyways. Um, I tend to answer all of the feedback, whether it's good or bad, personally, myself. Uh, we have granted the longer employees that have been with us admin rights to certain social accounts so that they can answer because they wanted to, and that's fine. They like it. Okay, no problem. I don't mind that at all. As that's long great. as we know the business, <laughs> yeah, they like it, which is great for me for Twitter and Instagram. Because yeah, not many people like already, to answer, though. <laughs> it's not my place my comfort zone. So she loves it. So she does it. That's great. Oh, great. She loves yeah. It. yeah. Perfect. That's great. I post there, but I don't know how to interact there. Okay. So she does that. And she shakes her head because you know, for her, I'm old. So <laughs> Come that's on. okay. She's in her early twenties. It's all right. It's all good. We were there one day. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, for the most part, our feedback is, is quite good. You're, of course, going to get the odd one that is ticked off for one reason or another. And you do your best to help them out to, to fill or to solve their problem. But sometimes they're just not open to any 
solution. They want what they want when they want it. And sometimes in the rentals, well, unfortunately, if you're booking last minute, it's not available. I can't help that on no notice. I can't just produce something I don't own, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that becomes sometimes a problem. You know, occasionally you have people that are upset because they came into the store, they see that you're a balloon store and they expect you to carry, carry every theme under the sun. And that's just not possible. There's just too many of them. And then they'll ticked off that you don't have what they wanted. And then they leave you a nasty review, which is kind of terrible, but you know, you can't control everybody. And you just have to know that yourself, you be confident in yourself that the service you're providing is, is good and excellent for, for the majority, you know? That's very important that yeah. you have to trust your company and yes. be confident that you have done a great job already and we did the excellent customer service. Right, right. And that's key. Customer service is key. It's key in any business, in yeah. any business. 100%. Yeah. People, like they say, you know, people work or buy from people that they like. And they don't like you. They're not going to come into your store anymore. They don't like you. They're not going to do business with you unless they have absolutely no other choice. (laughs) You want though? I don't. I prefer to have really good relationships, you know, and we do. We have very good relationships with our friends in the industry. There's several companies in the city that does event rentals. We don't all have the same product. We don't all have the same target clientele but if they're short and we have it okay they rent it from us at a discount and then they rent us things at a discount back right so it's just yeah it's a great relationship yeah it's basically you know you're it's friends in the industry we call that here friends in the industry so great like you don't feel like you compete each other we're not competing yes we compete to some extent yes do they do weddings Yes. Do we do weddings? Yes. Weddings is maybe my, pri- my first, my primary. Weddings might be their fifth choice mm. or fifth down their priority list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the order of what we specialize in is totally different. So that's why it's friends in the industry. It's not necessarily a direct competitor. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. you mentioned that you're also doing the consulting as well. Yeah, I do offer some consulting on the side as well um, for for people that are looking uh, to start off with this type of business if they want to grow it organically or, you know, without having to get a bunch of venture capital or get a bunch of loans. I do work with them one-on-one to build up their business slowly to start. Like sometimes people have, let's say they live in the countryside well, you don't need to go rent space. Chances are you have enough property that you can keep the product on your property. Mm. You don't need that overhead. Why spend money on the overhead if you don't need it yet? If you're not big enough to rent, why incur, in, why incur costs? You know what I mean? So it just depends. Some, it's just the variety from where people start is so great that there doesn't seem to be a lot of overlap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's nice. Yeah. I like that. I like, I like that. It's a different challenge every time and that's good for me. So if anyone want to work with you or want to contact you to know more information about this, why can they reach out to you then? 
Yeah, the, the email, um, you can reach out to me via email or via my, uh, my phone number. Both are good. Email is probably the best. Just simply because my phone rings a lot. What is your email address? Um, it is Susanna Debeer at gmail.com. All right. So anyone who wants to contact her further about the details like this, to be honest, not everyone going to tell you these details on interview <laughs> off the back end office because most people are going to talk about the revenue and also the advertising and so on or the footsteps that they got. But right. sorry that we got locked down. So there's no footsteps to count this day. <laughs> nope. <laughs> anyway, nope. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this incredible experience from you like to compare is franchise and also until you have your own inventory i mean like that's amazing it's a huge yeah. step though it is that is a bigger step like our warehouse is is 4000 square feet with 20 oh, oh. ceilings okay so, but and it's it's not good we need to stuff the rent <laughs> yeah we need it full to be able to get it rented out and and we you know there's weekends where in the summer where it's like oh it's pretty empty in here but then it makes me smile because <laughs> that well, means it's profitable. Yeah, indeed. So exactly. thank you so much for sharing our information today. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Unstuck Radio. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new show every week. I would love to if you left us the review. If you want to get unstuck, check my five-step entrepreneur freedom formula for scaling your business without sacrificing your lifestyle at worldwideweb.extraordinarilybymutita.com forward slash freedom speak then